0: and welcome to Babes on the Brink where we're recapping Traders Canada episode 6. My name is Chilly Philly and as always I'm joined by uh, the most faithful of all faithful, the faithfulest, Annabelle. How are you going Annabelle?
1: I'm 100% faithful to my hairdresser.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Have you got your clips in?
1: I've got my clips in and I'm I'm grieving, Phil. Yes,
0: I was going to, I really wanted to start off by saying that we have to pour one, well like, do we double pour one out? I don't know, the first sort of circumstances are a bit mysterious, um, but yes, we should pour one out for our fav. one of our faves, uh, gays for Kevin have, have fi- officially lost the war <laughs> with gays for, against gays for Leroy it seems.
1: Well. It was a big hit for the gays this week because yeah. gays for Dom, who we often forget, <laughs> were one of the founding fathers. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's really just gays for Leroy left in the race. But I, I think there's a few new on the scene. I'm gay for now.
0: Yeah, yeah. I hey, by the end of uh, looking at the preview for the next episode, I might be gay for May. <laughs> I
1: think so too may has really come up in my estimation this episode i think she's even though she's had some very questionable reads um and she can get quite spicy she's clearly quite cluey and i think a big fan of the game as well she's watched the show um and i think we're starting to see more of that come through in a more logical way
0: yeah, I think we're finally seeing now. We're, we're now we're six episodes in, so we're basically well over a week, almost two weeks, I guess. At this point, correct? This would be almost two weeks.
1: Yes, I think yeah. so. I and, yeah. and this is fifth banishment. So pull one out for the queens who go at fifth. Um, <laughs> it, when and I think now as well that Kevin has gone, who has got a lot of confessionals this season. We're going to start to see a lot of other characters developed
0: yeah and and hey i think at the end of that episode i feel like we're really getting the the beginning of the leroy um redemption for kevin sort of edit coming through with that sort of last scene with mel
1: oh i i actually had to take a break after i watched this episode i i went and did a 40 minute lap around my suburb get leroy's name out
0: of your bitch mouths (laughs) (laughs) Now you sound you sound like (laughs) Kuzi.
1: i'm gonna be torturing these people in a very respectful way
0: yes well let's let's start off with the episode then um so at the end of last episode we get the mysterious knock on the door which ends up being kareen uh telling them that they're doing the sort of mark the murder um what else do they i feel like they called it like various things over the seasons but they've done the typical sort of you pick three people and they're going to get murdered by the end of the episode which funnily enough didn't end up happening um but uh we do have a few sort of names sort of floated out there um we get you know drayvon may mary kevin melissa all sort of floated out there which there's no surprise with any of those really
1: I thought that this traitor's tower was a very interesting look at the dynamic now between Cousy and Mike. So Mike is quite firm and insistent that Kevin goes up and it puts Cousy in this awkward spot where she can't reveal to Mike that her loyalty to Kevin goes deeper than her loyalty to him. Kevin is bringing up Mike's name. Kevin is a threat to Mike. And so Cousy accepts that and um, does go up there in the end with, um, who are the three who go up in the end? Mel A and also Mary. Trayvon copped a bit of heat here. May copped a bit of heat here. But I thought it was interesting Cousy kind of giving that up to Mike. And then we have this brief bit at the end where they really reiterate their alliance to each other. Did you buy that at all?
0: No, <laughs> not at all. I think especially if it helps that we talk to Melby um, now that basically they're all three independ- independent souls of one another and they're all doing their own thing, basically. Um, I think it's a bit of a tit for tat in the Tower um, but I think we see later on in the episode that they actually aren't really on the same page. Um, they, they, they're they doing the formal handshakes and all that sort of stuff, but I think at the end of the day, the cracks are forming in both of their games because of decisions that they have made themselves. Like, there isn't anything that either of them have done that has affected the other, one another outside of them actually both agreeing to these crazy moves that actually fully implicate them as traitors. Um, so I didn't believe any of it. I think it. I think both of them are placating one another because I think they both know that the time is gonna come for one of them to go.
1: I completely agree. I, I do not buy this as a tight pair at all. And I think there's two sides of the manor that seem to have formed. So we've got, you know, we've kind of got the cool kids on one side with Leroy, Gurleen, Kevin, and then we've got the other side Oh, and sorry, Cozy's part of that as well. And then we've got the other side, which seems to be Melee, Mickey, Trayvon, May, Mary. I don't know where Donna and Mike sit within this. Does Mike have his own posse of loyal faithfuls? Because this worries me. If he's got to go to war with Kuzzy, even though we're starting to see a snowball uh, of, of movement against her this episode who is in Mike's corner who is unbelievably loyal to Mike in both a strategic way and also I believe you're a faithful way
0: yeah because I feel like the 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 moment which will sort of be the deciding factor is how both of them because I think now we have both seen how they react to the pressure at banishment and I think they both have two very different techniques and Kuzi had a lot of highlighting by um, the others in their confessionals about how her how well-spoken she is, how she's able to sort of divert things and all this sort of stuff. And we'll talk about it later, but she does a good job at sort of pushing away from her. But in saying that, they're all very conscious of her ability to deflect and um, re- re-route everything. Um, while Mike, I feel like a lot of the suspicion on him is almost based off his personality, which is a lot easier to sort of deflect from. So... It will be interesting um, when it comes to a, the next episode, I guess, maybe um, if who will come out on top using their – because they, they, they're being accused for two different reasons, basically.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think things are going to come to a head soon.
0: Yeah, fully. Um, so we go to the breakfast, so we don't know who they've chosen. Things, you know, it's like Girline, Mickey, Mel, everybody. Um, we do get Donna saying that she decided to be strategic now. She's she's got some thoughts. <laughs>
1: she's playing detective, and say what you like, Donna is the most strategic psychic we've had.
0: She has she obviously has not told them that she's a psychic, which already immediately places her like fifteen steps <laughs> ahead of the other psychic. So she she she's she's acting.
1: Baby Girl is six episodes in and I don't see her going anywhere. Donna's making it to the end.
0: Yeah, I uh, seriously, I think if there's going to be a group of faithfuls winning, Don is going to be in that group.
1: Yeah, love that for her.
0: Um, then basically everybody else comes in, they all scream, especially when the sort of Kevin um group comes in, they all really, really are excited. Um, I did point out that like Lyra and Kevin highlight even more so in this episode that they definitely are definitely a strong two. Um, and then which. I guess obviously at this point in the episode is highlighting what will happen further down the line. Um, but I feel like some it sometimes these alliances kind of get surprised on us, and we obviously know that they are um, just through talking to them and stuff like that. But um, I feel like this one especially this episode was like no 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 they're together they're together
1: yeah traitors Canada unlike the other versions we've seen has not been afraid to highlight the strategic conversations. So regardless of what's going on in the game, all of the other versions of the franchise have refused to show anything that talks about alliances, that talks about the game in any way other than, we are faithful and we're just trying to identify the traitors. What I've really appreciated here is that there is acknowledgement that there are alliances and that there's so much more to this game than targeting who you think is the traitor? We explicitly see Kevin multiple times this episode say, I want to target faithfuls who don't work with me. So I've really enjoyed that. But I actually think the most important thing this episode that I've not heard anyone talk about yet, Phil, hmm. was Kevin
0: rocking an Ed Hardy t shirt. <laughs> I did not notice because he was wearing like a hoodie for most of it as well. Did you see underneath?
1: Yeah, he came into breakfast with this kind of candy skull sequin number. Um, and I really need, we need to get to the bottom of this one. Yep, because Kevin,
0: we kind of oh. have to ask you about your fashion choices. Um, where did you get it from? Wait, yeah. Ed Hardy does not exist anymore,
1: right? I don't know. It was very 2004. I didn't hate it on him though
0: well, uh, hey, I didn't even I didn't even question his outfit today, um, but hey, the two thousands are back in fashion. um well, I don't know if they're out of fashion, but hey, he's on trend,
1: yeah, it was hot. <laughs>
0: um, another funny thing that's sort of been highlighted at the breakfast was basically at this point, the shield has lost all power, um. <laughs> <laughs> No, yeah, the the surefire way to protect a group of people basically has gone out the window. Um, then they've all acknowledged it, which probably basically means that power is now completely sapped out. And then Mickey shows that he has the shield and all this sort of stuff. Like at this point, getting the shield is such a formality. And hey, even at the end of this episode, again, the shield just means nothing.
1: No, I disagree. I strongly disagree. Yeah. This this was where I felt ultra validated.
0: Oh, <laughs> yeah
1: in violating the shield strategy cozy has it's come back to bite her
0: oh, okay yes in this way yes <laughs>
1: it has it has yeah. so it, by not respecting the sanctity of the shield strategy which is you know if if that anyone in that group could have the shield so you don't target them or it will bring heat on you as a traitor well look at what's happening donna strategic mastermind Donna gets everybody who was in that team to raise their hand, which is n- now narrowing it down to Cousy, Mary, Kevin, or Gerline. Kevin's out by the end of that episode. That mm-hmm. narrows it down to only three people. That is yep. a tiny pool, and one of them has to be a traitor. That's scary for her.
0: Oh, fully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, now I know what you're saying. Yes, for Cousy, dreadful. <laughs> And especially, like, uh, literally by the end of this episode, she has painted herself in even more of a corner, even just by the way she acted afterwards. So it's, compare her to Gurleen, and we'll talk about it later, but it's like, night and day, the reactions to the same scenario.
1: mm I'm so gay for Girline.
0: I, Me too. It was so funny because she started getting some sassy um, confessionals like midway through the episode. And by the end of it, you knew why <laughs> I was like, wow, Girlie, I love this version of you.
1: I know you can tell that the pressure is starting to really get to the cast. Yep. We're having more emotional breakdowns. Poor Mary is not loving being on this trial. Um, you, we see Gerline is coming for everyone's throat. <laughs> yes, um, you know we've got a lot of violence um, in the in the round table at banishment. I, you know, we're now about halfway through or just past halfway through, and being this constant conflict situation is definitely we're seeing the cracks.
0: Yeah, I did find it really interesting. So, like, basically, Cusy is the last person in, and when she enters. She is so ecstatic entering the room by herself for the last person. Wouldn't they assume that she should think that she's the last in the room? And if she was a faithful, she'd be like, who's not here? But instead she was like, woohoo, like doing cartwheels in the room. Like, wouldn't that have been really suspicious?
1: Yeah, you've got to think someone's (laughs) noticed that. There's, There's a few things I think that are cropping up here. And while I'm worried... For Mike, because I I can't see at this point, it's not been shown to us really as clearly as the other side, who his allies are. Mm -hmm. Um, I do think that there's more evidence against Cousy
0: at this point. Oh, fully. Like I was like, no, Cousy, don't be cartwheeling into the room and kicking in the, like that look just looks like you already know what's happened. Um, That was a bit crazy. Um, What did you think of Kareen's outfits this episode?
1: Oh... I'm so glad you brought this up. (laughs) She was on fire. So we had this sleigh outfit with puff sleeves. And we've talked about how much we love the puff sleeves on Kareem. But it was really the kind of upmarket, expensive Lara Croft that she had going on at Banishment that sealed the deal for me. Yeah,
0: yeah. She went with slick, slick hair, um, like a military sort of um, corset sort of top. And then, Mm. um, yeah, with pants. Um, And then, yeah, the first outfit with the poofy sleeves was very sort of... Yeah, it was like she was... Maybe her theme this episode was super femme, super masculine, Mm. super butch. Maybe she's playing with the duality maybe this episode.
1: Like, our woke queen is all about breaking down and deconstructing gender norms. And um, she really delivered.
0: Um, So, obviously, she comes in and she's here to announce that it's the mark for murder what do they ref- how do- i keep saying they're marked for murder what do they refer it to it as
1: they were calling it the trial the
0: trial they're on trial um and like we said it's um mel mary kevin which mary fully breaks down about she's super upset um mel's super like well i'm gonna sort my shit out when i get to banishment then and then it's almost like the two ends of the spectrum. It's like mary's super upset in an emotional way mel's like well i'm already preparing to defend myself and then kevin's sort of doing the in-between thing where he's trying to prepare for the worst but try and set himself up he's doing the most out of the three of them in that scenario
1: yeah um i mean kevin quite reasonably was looking around you know at the other people on the block and thought why on earth would you murder Mary or Melee when you could murder me? So I can see why he was a little bit scared on that point. But to me, that also says he doesn't have enough confidence in his role as traitor's pet. Mm-hmm. So if he really believed that he was super tight with Mary Um, or whoever else he thought he was buddying up to at that point who could be a traitor, he clearly doesn't feel that that's enough to actually keep him alive and safe from murder.
0: Yeah, because you think maybe at some point, or maybe once they sort of got that mark, that basically he realised that maybe Mary was the wrong person to be sucking up to, and it could completely be any of the other people at that point
1: no because we do he comes back several times this episode saying i'm defending mary at the round table because i believe that she's a traitor mm. um but he in that case in his mind it's like well okay mary's the other person on the block so she can't get murdered yeah. and then the other person is, is Melee. yes
0: yeah, so yeah okay i see what he's doing then yeah basically he's trying to force mel to be the murder by default that's why he mm, went so I hard for so. the shield yeah, I did find it really interesting. Um, uh, they're having the chats about, you know, the teams that again, this frigging one team, It's <laughs> one team scenario. And, um, and dude, uh, this was sort of Dom's final moments where he sort of was like, guess what? This means that somebody on the other team is um, a traitor and blah, blah, blah. And it's Kevin. And I was like, Dom, you were so close. Oh, you were so close. This was,
1: Kind of Dom's coming out episode, wasn't it? It was. He,
0: he, like, he, it was, it's just so funny in the edit now because he had that one real glowing, uh, confession from Trayvon, like in the second episode. And we thought it meant something, only for him to get, um, (laughs) like, uh, banished, like, eliminated, whatever, um, by nothing, by nothing that we know of. So, yeah, it was his coming out episode. But yeah, unfortunately, we didn't get to see more of it. We didn't get to see the evolution of Dom
1: the evolution of dom from one confessional over five episodes to suddenly having a strategy and then unceremoniously booted from the game after breaking the
0: rules so we can still obviously kevin kevin's also still suspicious of mike obviously we're sort of building a suspicion on the traders now um sort of narrative um we see mary Mellis, us on kuzi like basically Everybody's slowly picking up the pieces now that they're banishing quite a few faithfuls after Mel B, um, mm. which I, I'm, I'm so glad. I'm so glad that they are finally, like, Donna, you know, made her sort of little speech about evidence. And, oh, and ge- guess what? Yeah, I guess they are looking at evidence at this point. They have quantifiable things at this point. Thank goodness.
1: Yes. Um, And we do see, and this was kind of the point where I thought, woof, woof, maybe Kevin is playing a good traitor's pet. He tells Cousy that he absolutely needs her. We have a confessional from her saying that she's going to protect him and the Core Alliance for as long as possible. But, oh, boy, it just goes downhill from here.
0: Yeah, it's so, it's just so sad to watch because I feel like this might be a bit of, where Kevin's um, big brother experience maybe made him overqualified for this game in comparison mm. to some of these other people because basically by the end of the episode, everything that Kevin does... Oh, do you know what I found hilarious all episode? Tell me. How intensely Kevin was clapping at literally everything. <laughs> 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 everything. It was like... <clears throat> Yes. <laughs> I was like oh there was even a part when they got off from the breakfast and he like clapped and Dom like turned around it was just like, Whoa, you are getting into it. But it's it's just one of those things where like the traders the pacing is just so different to something like Big Brother where you can sort of amp up the intensity and get things to swing your way. While in this the days are so short and decisions can flip and like I surely Kevin at this point has witnessed what happened to Fierce to understand that things can change at banishment so quickly that you have to keep it a little bit more controlled in some ways so that people don't have any information to just switch so easily. And unfortunately, that is what bit him in the boat.
1: Yeah, we'll sort of dissect where he went wrong later when we get to the roundtable. But I was talking to David Bloomberg on the Tradar about this episode earlier in the week. And um, one of the things I was saying that I I think doesn't work in Kevin's favor here is, you know, because of the way that it's formatted, you actually don't get a lot of time to just work on your relationships and really connect on a personal level. It's not like Survivor or Big Brother where you have days and days and hours and hours to really bond and build trust. All you have to go off is voting together at Banishment, having these kind of quick, very intense strat chats. So it's really easy to break trust. The other downside to this as well is that when you're a very intense personality and you're conspicuously more strategic, probably more intelligent, um, and thinking about the game in a way that not everybody else there is, people can misinterpret that threatened feeling that they have when you're around as you being suspicious as a traitor rather than them being threatened by you as someone who's just bigger and better than they are. So mm. I think, not not that I'm projecting Phil, not, <laughs> not that I'm projecting, um, but I do think that his personality would have played better and obviously he won big brother in a situation where people had the opportunity to get to know him
0: more well yeah and like the season that kevin won did have returnees as well so like Mm. he's played his most recent sort of reality tv experience was with people who he also had pre-existing sort of knowledge of and stuff like that so i feel like in this circumstance obviously he knew people and stuff like that but it's like, it's not comparable, they're not comparable experiences. And so obviously he, like, you know, May and Trayvon and stuff like that had to sort of learn on the fly, but because he, he already started off at a level that was so much further past um, the others, then unfortunately, like he's, his he had to work backwards while the rest are sort of progressing forward. And I think that is a little bit of what Kevin's undoing.
1: Yeah. The last thing I kind of want to say on this segment is a name and shame session. Mm -hmm. Um, And also, I guess, maybe this kind of, I was wrong before, and maybe Mike and Donna are part of this other side of the alliance. I want to name and shame all of the people who had (laughs) Leroy on their lips and not in a positive way. Yes, Mel A, May, Dom, Donna, Mike, you're dead to me, first of all. (laughs) Um, you've all been cancelled by gays for Leroy, <laughs> but this group is also sus on cozy um, saying she's always with Leroy, that, that she was really quick to jump on Fierce. Mm. So maybe though, now I'm seeing them together in this conversation, maybe the larger side of the house is this melee, May, Mickey, Donna, Mike faction. Yeah.
0: No. Well, yeah, because it's basically all the um so the quote-unquote celebs versus the non-celebs you just sort of yeah Leroy's just happens to be with the reality stars and Mickey's with the non-reality stars
1: and May 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 is a star and Leroy is a star okay (laughs) Leroy was a footy player I think he was on another show as well yeah actually he
0: was on something else see everybody was basically on a show but like only some of it matters (laughs)
1: Yeah, Trayvon must be in with that group as well because he sure as hell ain't in with Kevin's group.
0: Yeah, no, unfortunately. uh, Well, I don't know. Actually, I think Trayvon's more than happy with that that sort of division. Um, Annabelle, how sad were you that there was no cars and we got Dom's elimination instead?
1: (laughs) Oh, you know what? Maybe this is for the best. Like, really, are my car segments bringing anything to this podcast? No, and yet i obsessively record and talk about the cars <laughs> um don yeah maybe we, let's speculate about don because let me tell you the facebook mums are all over this one in the facebook group they all want to know what rule did don break so i want to hear your wild speculations um, film
0: surely it's either he had a phone or yeah, and it's like things that yeah, we don't get to do when we're in um like when we were on ice or when we're in um lockdown or anything like that. But um because Dom was also on a show, right? So like he probably didn't even care. <laughs> he probably didn't even care. He really wasn't even thinking about it. He probably just got had a phone and just like was caught with it. I don't know. But he was in the segment before that. So yeah, they let so- him stay out up until the challenge, until the mission. So
1: this is my wild theory. I think this episode was filmed over two days, mm-hmm. and the bit that we see before the, um, before the mission is on day two. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it must be a phone, because the only things you're not allowed to do are write notes, basically take drugs and smoke cigarettes in your room, mm-hmm. leave your room, um, and that's basically it. So, I mean, I can't imagine he's smoking ciggies in the room. He could have just asked to go out for a ciggy. I don't think he's leaving the room because it's not really easy to do that. It's got to be a phone. And I think that the breakfast was shot maybe late in the day, the previous day. And then this mission is this mission's the next day. That's the just next. my wild speculation. That's not based in yeah. any insider knowledge. I made that up entirely.
0: Well, yeah. And it probably helped that because they didn't have they didn't have an off-site mission that, like, they're like, yes, we can do it in between these sort of days. Because then it just means editing's like a breeze. They make them wear the same... Like, they make you guys wear the same... Well, it's like Survivor. You wear the same outfits across days, yes. right? Yeah. So, like, yes. that that sort of stuff is so easy to cover. So, yeah. I'm so sorry, Dom. That phone or Siggy that you had, unfortunately, <laughs> has... has uh the the gays for dom unfortunately uh uh no longer um and it could just be because you're great with social media who knows
1: yeah look sometimes you've just got to post that story and we all get it
0: yeah we get it we get it we're social media fiends here too um (laughs) so we have the the famous (laughs) famous at this point um the much the much um seen ghosts (laughs) ghosts changing objects in room challenge um wait did you guys have you guys didn't have this did you uh
1: certainly not while i was there but we have seen this in the new zealand version we've seen this in the uk version
0: and and i think the american one too they have like variations of like sometimes it's the contestants ghosts and sometimes it's just like random (laughs) random supernatural entity changes the uh objects um but the challenge itself was... Actually, no, now thinking about the challenge itself was actually quite interesting because, uh, uh, first of all, we have a schoolyard pickem, Um mm. which <laughs> Mary ends up with the two traders uh, just because of the way they pick them as well. They did the style where you go down the line and you come back
1: i died oh my gosh not mary getting stuck with the two traitors <laughs> and then this was interesting as well because again we see the conflict and in interests between cozy and mike where mike obviously really wants um to make sure kevin doesn't get the shield mm. so he's really pushing to win and cozy wants to you know increase the odds of kevin getting the shield so she's trying to throw it um, and I I enjoyed this. I thought it was one of the more interesting missions that we've had mm. in terms of revealing the social dynamics.
0: Oh, yeah. And especially because that group were the two traders and a person who was marked um, for murder. Basically, yeah, everybody had their own independent interests. So the idea of somebody sabotaging it, somebody trying to win, somebody probably just being so distracted by the whole thing made everything so much easier for any of those scenarios to happen and... Obviously it was only by one object. I did I did find that middle team funny when they just picked up random objects and it was just like, yeah, this pillow, <laughs> this giant statue, and um this like tiny trinket. Yeah, these are the other things that changed. It's like guys.
1: I love May being loudly incorrect <laughs> and then afterwards just being like I I've got to stop saying I'm good at attention to detail because at this point, <laughs> but she's great. Like, I, I, I'm starting to really love May mm. um, and, and give her more credit, but she does crack me up. The, yes. the highlight, though, of this mission,
0: the ghost of Dr. Nazeela. <laughs> I don't even remember that clip that I use of her. I do not remember her even saying that.
1: It was her in that iconic uh, hat at the banishment, yeah. I'm pretty sure. I, oh, Dr. Nazila, I miss you every day. Yeah,
0: seriously, she was bringing hats. Nobody oh. else is bringing hats. As as two people who had wore things on their heads frequently on TV, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I, I she was, got, she had so much potential.
1: Get more creative with your accessories, people. Yeah,
0: actually, nobody has a. Mary wears hats sometimes, but nobody else really has a, a stick with their looks. Really, unfortunately. <laughs> I like it whenever somebody has a thing, like, just yeah. style-wise. Like, what's your style? It's not Ed Hardy shirts.
1: <laughs> <laughs> More pink fluffy. Yes,
0: exactly. Um, so, Kevin wins the shield. I, I totally miss the fact that whoever wins, by basically by default, wins the shield. Um, but, yeah, good on you, Kevin. You want the shield just, just by yourself. You do
1: this bit was hilarious the way he was like holding the shield above his head staring up at it like he'd got a vision from christ i was poised and ready for him to theatrically kiss it and i was so disappointed when he did it
0: oh it because for me it's it it, all of that starts off with him clapping about he's like yeah and clapping (laughs) and it was like (laughs) ah intense and then he walks off and then they clearly cut to like later in the day or whatever. And then all of a sudden he's grabbing it and he just throws the box open and snatches it and holds it up. And I, I, I just feel like, unfortunately, and I know Kevin would understand the mechanics of the shield, but he, it's almost like in his want for it, it completely clouded his mind in how much immunity it did give him. Which is why he was so disappointed at the end, because it was it mm. wasn't like survivor immunity. it wasn't like winning head of household hold or the p o v or anything. It's like it's a specific sort of immunity that doesn't actually save you from straight up getting eliminated.
1: yeah, yeah, I think the adrenaline and the satisfaction he must have had in that moment and for it to come <laughs> crashing it was it was devastating.
0: I was so sad. I was like, oh. Oh, like I could just feel it I, could, I And and I guess we've both felt it Like basically when your names come up On a piece of paper like multiple times You're like ugh, ugh, ugh. Mm. Um, And so yeah So no I think we can both Very much empathise with that feeling
1: Do we want to skip to the round table Because not a lot happens post mission really. Yeah it's
0: basically a lot of reiterating Sort of what we sort of Like basically it's laying the groundwork for Actually I feel like it's laying the groundwork more for What's going to happen in the future at this point
1: yeah, I I came in thinking, oh, I'm a bit confused as to who's who's up for banishment, but I think it's Cousy, so things were not looking good for her, and and I don't think that the vote tonight was going to be Kevin when the roundtable started, um, and really it opens with Trayvon saying a traitor will put my name down because they think the majority will. So uh-huh. Kevin, uh-huh. why did you put my name uh-huh. down?
0: I want to get I – re- I really want to get on Trayvon's side. But, like, every week. It's like – it's as if, like – because my favourite thing about sort of this whole scenario is, like, well, it's petty that you um, still voted for me because you don't see me as – or you, I rub you the wrong way, blah, blah, blah. As if everybody did not just vote out fierce for being loud and wrong. Yes. <laughs> it's like – um. No, everybody else is also doing the same thing. It's not just isolated to this one person. Like, the awareness level is just, like, out of whack. I, I just can't deal with it.
1: I, I think there's a couple of things about the traitors format that make it uniquely predisposed mm-hmm. to foster conflict. Yeah. I think, first of all, the fact that the votes are all public. Mm-hmm. So... Um, you know, when we see, say, a tribal council or something like that, people are quite tight lipped at tribal, mm-hmm. whereas people are more um, confrontational at the round table yeah. because you're all going to know where you're voting anyway. And it, it fosters this intense conflict situation. Yeah. The second piece is that the, the the us against them dynamic is different as well mm-hmm. because you've got your different alliances, but then within that you also know that people are lying about their powers mm-hmm. within the game in the fact that some of them are traitors as well. So it does create this hostile situation. Yeah. And that's why I give Kevin a lot of leeway in the fact that he does put his foot in it a lot of times here in calling out Trayvon and saying, I put your name down because I don't like you and I don't want to work with you, which yep. is actually logical in a, in a way I'll talk about yeah. later. Yeah. But also because he's not in a game scenario he's right in the middle of a conflict and he has to keep several layers of strategy in his head seeming dumb enough not to get murdered seeming nice enough not to get banished Mm -hmm. dealing with the fact that people are coming at him in a quite a personal way and managing that conflict as well
0: yeah yeah it's 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 a lot because yeah i feel like i'm it's just really interesting because I'm surprised that after all that of the previous episodes that Trayvon state like Trayvon Trayvon basically is now safe. He's definitely a faithful. He's immune from all that, so he's he's got a clearer mind to just be making somewhat more rational decisions. While Kevin knows he has suspicion, he has assumed sus- he has assumed suspicion. Like he has to assume that people think he's a traitor. Um, he's been very vote like he has so much going on, and he's playing a long game. It's yeah, I can see how in a scenario where um, because it is really interesting because now you highlight it. Yeah, basically, the traders is the one sort of show that really does allow you to basically be as vocal and as like obvious as possible. Because if you keep it quiet, that obviously is evidenced by the beginning of this episode um if you're too quiet it also means nothing like survivor if you're quiet and you can skate through it as long as you can amazing with this uh, uh, uh if you're it means you're hiding it means you're suspicious it's there's way more to it and so yeah I do feel for Kevin in this scenario um I just sort of found it really strange that that was sort of the beginning of the basically the beginning of the end who would have thought Trayvon was basically at the end of Kevin's game
1: yeah and and the I think he, the mistake that I'm less um, in, in inclined to forgive is throwing out the names of his allies, which mm. I guess he thought they would forgive him and know that he was loyal to them. But as I said earlier, you don't actually have enough time to really build a trust that can yeah. surpass that. But I, compl- I was triggered yeah. by people jumping on him for yes. saying to Trayvon, it's completely logical for me to vote you out. You will never work with me, be useful, or take me to the end. You don't add anything to my game. And the reality is, like, The Traitors is not all about voting out the traitors. You need, by part of the game, to vote out other faithful, and you need to be actively targeting faithful who don't want to work with you and can't contribute positively towards in your game. That made perfect sense. But if you're not thinking about the game in the same strategic way Kevin is, then you're going to get other people around the table who think, oh my God, what is he talking about? Targeting people he knows are faithfuls? That's crazy. He must be a traitor.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because I think we talked about it almost every week, I swear. Mm. But it's like, guys, all 10 of you that are remaining, whether or not there's traitors or not, you all can't win. Like, you Mm. have to make sacrifices. And unfortunately... Like, uh, the Donnas, the Trayvon... Like, these people have actually now gained immunity. Like, you will make it to the end. So you don't need to do an awful lot. Yes, okay. I guess in this context, Trayvon, by eliminating Kevin, who he's made... But he isn't thinking in that way. He's yes. doing, still doing it under the guise that he's eliminating a traitor. Um, it's just... Yeah, I find it really strange when they get really hung up on these little um interpersonal it's like no just take your group work with them find evidence like i get it they want to you know we are the faithful we are collectively finding evidence to get but like guys in the same way that traders are incentivized to cut each other before the end the faithful are also incentivized (laughs) to cut each other before the end A faithful's going to get half faithful still have to get eliminated just happens to be that the group that Kevin is with just don't think in the same way and I, I feel like at this point Kevin sh- should have been able to identify that
1: and regardless you can't put your allies names out there especially at banishment you you cannot can't blindside
0: them with that that's weird that was yes. really weird
1: So, like, so core to the traitor's pet strategy is being a good boy, woof, woof, and even though he was doing that for Mary, he doesn't know for certain, like, he has, we're six episodes in, and he does not know for certain who his traitor daddy is. So he can't. He knows it's got to be someone because it makes no sense for someone like Kevin to still be in the game and not be murdered. Yeah. So he knows it's one of his tight allies. But if you can't say for certain it's Mary, you cannot afford to put one of your other
0: allies' names out there. And obviously, he would have his own rubric for which he thinks um, Mary is a traitor. But like at at the end of the day, like what is his qualifications for Mary being a traitor? to the point of which he's certain to keep, like, realistically, everything that everybody is saying over the this episode in the chats really does solely sort of implicate someone like Kuzi more so as a traitor than Mary. Um, and even he should have just buddy buddy it up with Mike. Like, that was the best, that was the best read he had on someone else being a traitor. And instead of that certainty, he went for somebody that I don't, like, hey, he probably did, definitely had evidence or whatever, but the Mike read was so on point, he should have been um, pet with him because then by, by default, he's with Kuzi and Mike.
1: Yeah, I, I'd be interested to know kind of what what w- what was going on there. Um, I mean, Kevin does come for Mike here again, says you're suspicious. <laughs> um we, we see that people start to get a bit antsy with Donna here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Donna Maybe this is also a bit of Donna's breakout episode. Hey, yeah, she's really good. she's really she's really going for the I mean there's the evidence. what's <laughs> the strategy. Um yeah, uh, she's gone with the list, like everything. Um and actually, this is actually I think this banishment was like when I was actually also gays for Girlie.
1: yes. Yes, when Donna says she wants to vote out someone on death row and Cousy's like, "Um, you know, you don't have to. And Girlene has that confessional being like, yeah, when Donna talks, I want to stab myself in the eye.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And that was like the last one before the banishment or something. It was like... So funny. Uh oh, she was on a roll. And now and yeah, hey, if that was what something she said after the banishment, yeah, I can see why.
1: I can't. I I am obsessed.
0: That that were that was I, I I really I just really hope that that Leroy, Goline um, sort of pull through. I'm at this point we're really bleeding all the all the, the people we were rooting for. Like obviously people like Coussie and Mike are still there. Um, Obviously, people like Mel and stuff can um, really sort of come around and we can be like, gays for Mel, (laughs) well, gays for Mel A and gays for May, you know. I I really like gays for May.
1: I like Um, gays for May. I I think... Ultimately, Phil, you and I are rooting for that si- the side, the cozy side of the manor. Yes. You know, my I, I love Mike and I love everyone on his team as well. But I just feel like we've got so much more content and emotional connection to the cozy side of the manor that that's kind of the alliance I'm rooting for going into next episode.
0: And leading up to this point, they were the main people who were driving the conversation. They were more on point with their reads. They were understanding what they had to do to make it to the end. Unfortunately, it ended up being that the other side was so large that um, big swings were able to happen so frequently. Mel, like, since Mel B, it's like Rick, uh, Fierce, Kevin, like, basically all the vocal people are going home. Yes. So eventually like sh- surely they will turn on one of these quiet people and hopefully it's not Gerline, but um and it could be cozy who knows I don't know this episode was really setting up the next. the the one thing I do give this um the Traders Canada is that it does set up long-term narratives
1: mm, it um, does
0: because usually with the traders they usually do one episode like, And then all this stuff happened in that day and there was no context for anything else and then all of a sudden somebody's like there's never so because they are showing
1: the rationale that's going through the players minds when they take actions it sets up a long-term story it means that the banishments make sense the murders make sense when you're restricting yourself to this narrative of all of the faithfuls are together one team and they're looking for traitors and just often they're wrong then that's not in line with what's really happening. So therefore, it's not going to make sense in the episode. And that is what's so good about that. Just circling back to what you were saying before about why um, Cousy's numbers are getting obliterated. I agree. they are. It's because they're all the bigger personalities, right? So they're getting obliterated at the banishments. And so Cousy has to make sure that Mike's side of the house is going out at every murder. Well, that's really hard because then Mike's going to say, Well, mate, I want to put Kevin up for trial. It's she's in a tough position.
0: Yeah, yeah, I know, and and especially because they've lost a traitor, so they keep getting offered um, her recruitment, and then they did this thing. Yeah, like unfortunately, if we're doing a tit for tat for banishments on Kuzi's side and um, murders on Mike's side, unfortunately, at the end of the day, Mike, (laughs) because he actually hasn't had any opportunities to sort of eliminate because even because the last person who got murdered was crystal right yeah and she was actually on the other side so yeah so because actually hasn't had any strong strategic sort of opportunity to eliminate anyone from mike's side it's all been strictly so like because playing a good game but it's almost like mike is she's letting mike do too much i think I think she gave him that momentum for that one initial decision. What was that? Um, was it, it, it wasn't murdering. Was It was it murdering Erica shooting? at the
1: start. I, I want to yeah. make a controversial take here. Yeah. And, like, people disagree with me. Because he's getting a lot of credit online, in podcasts, for playing a really good game. Hot take, I don't think she's playing a very good game. I think we love her because she's a big brother character. She's getting some strategic confessionals. But I think she's aligned with too many big personalities who are getting taken out at Banishment. She's making really questionable murder decisions that put heat on her and mm-hmm. also undermine her own votes within the Banishment as well. Mm-hmm. I think maybe Mike's playing a better game.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really starting to think that even just like when she caught go cr- caught her, when um Ger-ling was crying afterwards and basically she was like, well, how would you feel if people threw out your name? I'm pretty sure Gurleen's name was thrown out at the banishment mm. as being one of the quiet people. So you can't... That's too That's too on the offensive to say, oh, well, that's why I did it, la, la, la. Well, Gurleen also had that given to her. I don't know who threw out Gurleen's name or even mentioned her name, but she didn't... Oh, hey, to, who did she vote for? Donna. Did Donna say her name? <laughs> did Donna say Gurleen's name? Who knows? But, you know, like... Goleen had all the opportunity to the, do the exact same thing as well. So you can't say, well, this is what's happened to me. How dare you? How dare you? Because that also happened to her. Like, basically, at this point, nobody's never had their name thrown out. Because now everyone has had their name thrown out. So I feel like, because he did almost a overcorrect. Like, she did yeah. really fine at almost deflecting. Like, she she had a really good core sort of narrative with her defense when she was like, you know... I speak in truth. Like, my career, my role, everything in life is based off me speaking the truth. So, it's not natural for me to be a massive liar. And so, obviously, when I speak um, circumstantially, it's because I believe what I'm saying and yada, yada, yada. That was a great way to... It wasn't like Mel B when she was under the microscope, where she was like, you need to be finding reasons why I'm a faithful. Like, no, 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 no. no. Whoops. Overcorrect. So that was a bit of an overcorrect. So, because had a way to be able to reinterpret that um, sort of accusation in a way that would make her seem like a faithful. Unfortunately, then she went way off the deep end with a bit of the overcorrect, like, why did I do it? Because it was blah, blah, blah. Like, you didn't... Did they even know that they were... Well, obviously, they were a big brother of people, but did they know they were even in such a tight alliance? Like, who knows? Like,
1: I, I think that Kuzi is getting a lot of credit because Kuzi is an amazing speaker. Yeah. She gave a powerful speech at that round table. I've seen people online lambasting her a bit, saying the content didn't really make sense. Doesn't matter yeah. um, because I I was like, wow, this yeah. is really convincing. Same. Same in the confessionals, really strong speaker. You feel her powerful presence. You feel her intelligence. I just, I think that the actions, the strategic decisions she's making are not as good as she makes us feel about her.
0: Yeah, because she's not doing enough to back up those decisions. Basically, every decision she's made actually is now just getting reflected back onto her, mm. and she almost has no defence because her subsequent decisions have further put her in that box. Like, that shield um, sort of murder, great. Disaster. D- like, do it, but you now you need to proceed to basically not – eliminate anybody who was in that group don't banish them don't murder them because you want to keep that group massive you don't want to make it three people like that's way too small and if the other two people at this point are now mary and girleen no like you've, you've you've shrunk the group way too much don't, like
1: well don't make such an outrageous decision in the first place so that you've got to spend <laughs> yeah. the rest of the game covering You're your own
0: ass yeah exactly what was the thing that like, so that was, that was something she wanted to do, right? What was yes. that, what was the thing that Mike wanted to do? And then she let him do it?
1: Um. Oh yeah. That's where Mike wanted to murder Dr. Nazila for being <laughs> crap on his team. Oh, and yeah. Mel A wanted to do that as well.
0: Yeah, that is so funny. Actually true. Okay. So, so at least, uh, and that really got swept away, hey, because Rick was also on that team and I did notice that we're at the breakfast, um, when Kuzi wasn't, didn't come into the room and they didn't highlight it, but you could hear it. You could hear Trayvon being, he's like, it's a setup. It's all framing. He was like, they're framing them. They're framing them. Because I think he thought by, um, uh, at the point in that time, he thought that cause was murdered, Mm. but you know, he thought they were framing people by murdering them and stuff like that, which, Hey, in any other season of Traders, that makes sense. Unfortunately, in this season, murders just happen willy-nilly. Who cares who they are? It doesn't matter if they're in the same team, if they had the shield, if they were your closest yeah. ally. Like it doesn't matter at this point. Um, they're not framing anyone. When Dom was like, "Well, one of them's going to have to be a traitor because they're going to put them," in-. it's like I. Unfortunately, you're, all of you guys are thinking correctly, but these two trainers <laughs> are doing everything completely opposite. They're like, we're not even going to bother putting one of us in there. They're going to just think that, which is great. I
1: liked that. Which is that great. One...
0: Yeah. But, like, it's just so funny that they, they're they picking up, like, the faithful are picking up on the things that they're doing. But, unfortunately, Guzzi and Mike are literally doing the opposite. So, yeah. everything's for, for nothing. Um, good, good thoughts, but unfortunately yeah. there was
1: something else I wanted to dissect um so I've pretty much universally um the sentiment seems to be that um and Mike have made the correct decision not Mm -hmm. to recruit so far yes and that it would have been particularly bad to recruit Kevin because he was the most or best equipped to turn on them and and I think I've seen that Kevin has said somewhere that, yes, if he'd been recruited, he definitely would have come to Mike.
0: Yep. I want
1: to throw an idea out here, and it's something that we have been discussing now, Phil.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, we can see here that it wasn't difficult to get the social capital to take out Kevin over Cousy or Mike. Yep. If Kevin had gone out here and mm-hmm. he is a traitor, then no one is looking at Cozy because now yeah. the reality star's been taken out. Mm-hmm balance i mean it's a huge risk because then maybe Cousy and um and kevin band together more strongly in this episode and it is mike who goes out here but i i kind of just wanted us to play with that idea
0: um of kevin uh being recruited at this yeah point. that they should yeah. have recruited kevin oh we said that so yeah they should have done that so long ago or even made <laughs> <laughs> not me always thinking i think they should recruit in me um no seriously they should have done that so long ago because this is literally the scenario that would have helped them so much like i understand their confidence i i, I think i think the point of which they stopped recruiting and started saying they're flying under the radar that's when you knew uh, uh oh guys you're not thinking this through because you have no shield like no 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 shields but like you have no shields like you have it's just you two now and they could you know do a late recruitment or whatever but yeah having kevin there would have completely deflected from mike because it was another man would have deflected from koozie for being a reality star because like what at this point they're not going to accuse mickey um may like who's going to be the reality star there's no fierce there's no rick there's no kevin there's Oh, what Girlene? are they gonna literally uh don't tell me they're gonna say girlene is the reality star that's traded no that's like so random like it's male cozy.
1: it's yeah. male cozy and <laughs> no one thinks it's me anymore i i look i get that the facebook audience only want um, we love you facebook N- no nothing personal i get that the facebook audience want kevin to be recruited because they love him as a big character and they just want it they mm. want to see that for him OK, that's that's not why I want this. And I respect the arguments that this is a huge risk for the traitors, because it is, particularly for Mike, where we yeah. know Cousy is tighter with Kevin than Mike. She probably would have ganged up with Kevin to take down Mike. Hmm. But I think it was a risk that was worth taking, yeah. especially for Kuzzy. because if you do lose Kevin, that clears Cozzy.
0: Yeah, because that's the thing. It's like it's a risk for Mike to have taken on kevin because yeah there is a relationship there that he doesn't have and kevin has also sort of already thrown his net. well i i don't know at the timeline of when um kevin was so vocal about mike versus when they started entertaining the not thought of recruiting but yeah like at the end of the day mike should have just taken that opportunity because kevin had so much heat on him like so much for him to have survived as a trader that's the thing he at that point he was a trader like Mm. that's actually would probably be a harder scenario for kevin even more because he has so much more to lose like he he now has to convince them that he's a faithful from the position of i've done so much already uh uh and we talked about so much like you, you they needed to pick somebody who would have been a believable day one trader yes and kevin would have been it and I just feel like, yeah, Kevin and because Kevin, Mike and Kuzi got real confident in their ability to fly under the radar and they are bleeding people now. Like, we're in, really going into the home stretch and it's gonna really, really cut down so quickly. And so, yeah, having recruited somebody real early on, because they left somebody so early on that could have protected them for so yeah. long.
1: And, and now we get to the next time on or, or close to the next time on, we see this conversation still within the episode where Melee and Leroy are saying, we've lost an asset. You and I, we need to work together. Yeah. The two people are Cousy and
0: Mike. Yeah. And then
1: the next time on, it's alluding to traitor on traitor violence.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm kind of excited for Cousy v. May.
1: <laughs> yes!
0: <laughs> I, I, I was like, yes! Uh, Yes, May, you actually will be, like, arguing against somebody that you're, it's, like, directed, directed correctly. Like, it would be really interesting to see how they, how the Faith will piece evidence together. And if they do piece enough together, how they're going to vocalise that to, at Banishment, in order to get one of them out. I feel like it was setting it up for Kuzi to go, but, you know, they could just be a misdirect. But at the end of the day, they have caught on real hard, and I feel like at this point, because they have lost Kevin, they have lost Fierce, they lost Rick, they lost all these real vocal people, the remaining sort of quote unquote vocal people who weren't correct in the past may feel the confidence to step up and just take those swings. So that I think that's why May's getting way more confident in actually being correct.
1: Yeah, I think May. Sorry, we underestimated you. Gay for May. Um, <laughs> and pour one out for gays for Kevin. Obsessed yes. with Kevin. He was so yeah. much fun. I'm gutted he's gone. Um, and everyone who was talking filth about my man Leroy, I've got my eyes you're on you.
0: Yeah, you're out. Well, that includes May. So you know, next episode, May, mm-hmm. we, we'll either be signing the contracts for gays for May, or if you're still talking about Leroy Uh, unfortunately we will i don't know what the reverse sort of team will be but we're um... straight
1: for you then may (laughs) yeah we're straight
0: straight for may (laughs) (laughs) look we're
1: basically gay for everyone at this point
0: yeah no we basically are um and i hope everybody at home is gay for everyone too (laughs) um thank you annabelle for another fun week of the traders that was actually very fun i i really liking this season we try i'm also i'm so sorry to anybody who thought we were going to commit to doing um survivor uk we <laughs> we <Yeah. literally, laughs> we could not do
1: it <laughs> i'm sorry yeah i had one moment with lee and i was like i'm not doing this again
0: yeah
1: um yeah this has been super super fun and thank you to everyone who's managed to find our new feed We have our own feed for babes on the brink now we would really appreciate it if you could leave us a rating and a review so that people can find us again um, and yes please subscribe we're super excited to have you
0: yeah thank you um where can we where where what do you have on and where can we find you Annabelle
1: well other than this which is my entire life, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Annabelle C E. Um, and I'm also covering the Amazing Race Australia Celebrity Edition over on Silent Podcast with Sarah Carradine. We've got the finale this week. What so what? really excited.
0: Um What about you, Phil? Well, you can just follow me on Instagram at TheChillyPhilly, filly C-H-I-L-I-P-H-I-L-L-Y, um, or on Twitter at the Um And, yeah, we are not gay for Lee. We are gay for Leroy. Um, Thank you, everybody, for for joining us next week. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Bye, everyone. Bye.